foodie. studio which is not a studio it's my echoey dining room table in queens new york it's the not a foodie show i am tom miali and across from the table as always is mike moranti mike uh how's it feel to be back you were, you were on vacation last week <laughs> <laughs> a forced vacation <laughs> did you listen to last week's of course so last, mike, i listened this is to the, it this is the an first hour episode. after it came out okay this is yeah. the first episode that mike hasn't been on right is yeah yeah. yes so um, we had our friend Savannah Peterson. She was excellent. She was by the great. Way, Savannah. She was, a A plus plus. Yeah, she was awesome. So you gotta, you know, we, both of us have to watch out for our job. She's gonna come in and take over for us. Um, I also mainly though, I was just mad because not that I was on the episode, that I wasn't in New Orleans. I, oh my <laughs> like, god! Let me. Let, I was listening to it. Angry. <laughs> you were hangry. Angry I, listening. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding? Me? I, what?" We so you last what last week's episode was just a rundown of 39 hours of all the food that we ate in New Orleans and it was insane and Mike has never been to New Orleans which is a fucking sin I might have to just stop the podcast until you go to New I thought Orleans. you were gonna be like I might have to just buy you a ticket to New Orleans <laughs> no I thought that's where that was going no. I thought you were like I might have to just like use some of these points and just send you on a one way <laughs> ticket and you figure it out from there. Can I tell you that I have had the fattest beginning of the year? Like, I don't know anything about uh, that. I'm getting uh, all right, gym bro. Mike's a gym bro now. Um, But I mean, we started so you know, like you come out of the holidays and you're already a gross, disgusting mess because of all the eating you do around Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's. And um, normally, people have like a dry January or try to eat healthy in January. Mike, you and I went to California and went to the fancy food show. They're not vacations. Uh, we went to the fancy food show, and then I went to Los Angeles. We both went to Los Angeles and ate well there. And then a week later or two weeks later, I went to New Orleans with Savannah for like, I mean, literally 39 hours of just eating and drinking. Like, there was nothing. I came back, and I was just a blob of a mess. It was disgusting. And then we went to – not we, Mike and I, but my family and I went down to Atlanta and just – pigged out in atlanta um and that was that was pretty awesome so so you went to this one spot oh my god yeah we went to uh this place called echo is it like echo like ECCO. ECCO. Okay. ecco my my old boss from sensacana owns a restaurant called echo in manhattan so echo no ecco oh ecco yeah. this is echo buckhead uh, buckhead is an area outside where it's in atlanta um so one of one of our friends, uh, actually a friend of the pod who you've never met, Mike, <laughs> a listener. Are they a friend of the pod? <laughs> yes, a, a listener of the pod who has uh, volunteered to come on and talk Australian food all day and night. It's my friend Chris Woltensome. Chris is from Melbourne, Australia, but he is in Atlanta and um, he is he's got, you know, family there and he is the GM of this restaurant um, called Echo in Buckhead. And Echo is part of a larger restaurant group, um, and it's really awesome. But it's, it's, this was 
some of the best food that I've eaten in Atlanta. Like some of the best and, European. And if you don't know food. this about Atlanta, Atlanta is an incredible food city. Yeah. It's oh, yeah, like yeah. a it's a top top tier food city. No, I mean, and we did when we were there. We went to um, we went to you know a couple food halls. We went to some you know went to the the Pond City Market and ate some hops fried chicken, which is like some of the best fried chicken you'll ever have. I had a great ramen, things like that. But Echo is a fancy. Did you go to restaurant. Magic Palace? We did not go to Magic Palace. No, no I was with my kids. They have fried chicken and waffles in Magic Palace. Every it's place, also every place in Atlanta has Magic fried chicken Palace and waffles. Is also a foodie destination. <laughs> my daughter was in heaven not because of Magic Palace, <laughs> because of every place has chicken and waffles, including uh, Magic Palace. Stop. But I'm not saying you should have taken the children. No, there. no, no, no. Well, I mean, it was. <laughs> excuse me, I have to go to research for the podcast family. I'll, I'll be back. I'm going oh, to like, see, it's... a very fancy club. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to a magic palace. Yes, yeah. You can't come. You stay here, children. Daddy's got to go to a magic palace. <laughs> so, all right. The opposite of magic palace is Echo. <laughs> I want to talk about a few things that I ate there that were like game changer things. Okay. There were so the first thing that that came out was this wagyu carpaccio, which was like insane. It was it had baby artichokes on it, and um, it was like seasoned really well and had these like crazy pink peppercorns, mm -hmm. and it was they make your tongue numb. Oh my god, it was it was phenomenal. It was mm -hmm. so good. Um, the other thing that I thought, like, for, and then he made, there was, like, this house-made stracciatella that he brought out and just shaved, you know, like, 10 pounds of truffles on top of it. And then... Um, stracciatella is just, like, melted ricotta cheese, or, like, melted mozzarella cheese. It's, like... It's, like, a combination of ricotta with, like, yeah. strings of, uh -huh. like, soft mozzarella inside. So, like, essentially, it's just, like, if you just shave a pound of black truffles and it's insane. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy. And the, I mean, the Italian, the chefs there are, are from Italy and the Italian like cuisines or the Italian dishes were like phenomenal. Um, so there was like this porcini, um, the, what's it, the capoletti, which is what look like mm -hmm. the little the little hats. Capoletti? Yeah. Is that what capoletti yeah, is? Yeah. Um, so like stuffed pastas and things like that. But this is what I I'm like, I'm going to replicate on my own. And this is what we were fighting over on the table were these um, fried goat cheese balls. So it was just mm -hmm. a, a goat cheese ball completely fried with um, or deep fried with, served with honey and really, really fresh black pepper. And you should do it with Mike's Mike's hot honey. A little Mike's hot honey. I don't Mike's. think you want that. I don't think I think Mike's hot honey might be too much for it. Like these were so delicate when you ate the you popped them in your mouth. They were like, you know, little perfectly round spheres. You pop them in your mouth and they just like crunched and melted and you know, had honey and you know, black pepper, and they were phenomenal. And I am gonna try to replicate those. Um, so anyway, so that was that. That was that was my Atlanta nice. uh, trip. Um, what did you do? Well, over the last month since we last recorded. So I am. Uh, I officially have one foot out of the door in the hospitality industry. Okay. I've, what are you gonna do? I've taken a. Uh, so I've taken a job at a finance firm uh, as a financial advisor, but right now I need to pass uh, four very difficult exams before so I you're can leaving. go there full time. I mean, you wrote that famous medium, yeah. famous in our circle uh -huh. medium article a while it's probably back. Probably the most successful thing I've ever published. <laughs> I 
including the not a foodie podcast. Yeah. Um, but so why why are you leaving? Why am I leaving restaurants? Yeah. Um, I restaurants will not give me back what I put into them. That's uh, that's interesting. We can let let's unpack I, that I, a yes. little bit. So yeah. not so much like I really enjoy doing it. Right. But when I I work every holiday, yeah, oh, I work yeah, yeah. every weekend. My life is the opposite of everyone else's. I there are very few restaurants that are offering things like a four hundred one k match. It's very difficult to get full time work as a server, right? Um, and I'm really good. I'm not. It's not so well, much like I dislike the restaurant industry at all. I really do love it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make sense for me to keep doing. Because I feel like I I've been doing it for, like, professionally for five years. So are and we gonna I'm have not to far enough? We, right, right. Like you, you haven't. Well, I, I think it's hard in New York, right? Like I feel like, um, in New York, you you have to work those crazy hours. Mm-hmm. You have to like you. Have to, it's just restaurants in New York are a different animal. I feel like. What if you were living in I don't know suburban Philadelphia? If I was running. <laughs> And like, it, yeah, open up a place that you're passionate about. If I owned about. a 40 seat fresh pasta restaurant or 40 seat brick oven pizzeria or something like that, where I have like this esoteric wine list and making these fresh pastas and pizzas and a small menu, even then it's like, yeah, eh. I, eh. I could make probably the same amount of money as a well, advisor absolutely but I, I i guess what i'm saying is you don't get into restaurants for the money like you can't it, it, any everyone you know this i mean yeah but it's people also that think like, they're going to open up a restaurant and make you know a couple hundred I'm, thousand dollars i'm not a year talking and, about being a millionaire open owning restaurants i'm talking about owning a restaurant and like just making decent money and living and okay. it's it's not for all, everything you put into it i don't think it's worth it all and right. i think it's only especially i'm very i can only talk about new york city because it's the only place i've worked right this city doesn't give you a break. No. You cannot catch a break. Every every single person that I've worked for is a multimillionaire, and there's a reason for that. Every single person that you've worked for. Re- yeah, every yeah. single person that's owned a restaurant that I've worked for is a multimillionaire. Well, it's something I let's let's put a pin in this because I want to go back to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I with talk my, about this five with my food news, I've mm-hmm. got some food news. So why don't we? Well, first of all, I'm not changing the name of the podcast to the Not a Finance Bro. No, podcast. no, I mean, I still, and also, I mean, like, I'm still too connected to the world to ever like leave. I was saying, like, even if I go when I hopefully go full time with this and everything, I would love to be like a Thursday night meter D, <laughs> and just like <laughs> shoot the shit with tables yeah. and like, oh, how is everything? Blah blah blah, and like always just keep, you know, like eighteen dollars an hour, like fuck it, whatever. That's a fucking great name for a book: the Thursday night meter D. <laughs> Or a podcast, the Thursday Night Vader <laughs> Day. My solo podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking off. Fly, fly, young bird. Fly on your own. Start your own podcast. Um, I'll produce it for you. <laughs> um, all right. Let's let's uh, not talk about finance. Let's talk right. about food news. It's food news. I got a quick one. Okay. Uh, let me let me get the author's name. I've got I've got a really like I think the uh, title sure well yeah. into what we're talking about. So yeah, you do yours and then So uh this is a BuzzFeed article, buzzfeednews.com from I'm, I apologize if I uh, butcher your name. I am going to tag you in this. Uh Scotchy Cole. Okay. 
Uh, so the article is Salt Bay guy has a new re- has a new restaurant in New York. It's not good. Period. <laughs> I mean, the old restaurant was not good. Period. The the lead is the burgers have no flavor, but that's not really the point. And essentially, she's like, nothing has flavor. Everything was mushy. Uh, baklava milkshakes, twenty five dollars. Doesn't even Ugh. taste like vanilla or baklava. Uh, the like everything's just terrible. And then it gave her diarrhea at the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's burying the lead right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's, but she's just like, look, you're the asshole. If you're going to a guy's restaurant because he's, you're only going there because he's a living meme. I, you're the asshole. I, that restaurant is the symbol to me. I mean, there are a lot of bad things about the internet, like you know, Nazis and you know, <laughs> things like that, but. <laughs> That restaurant you know, is, is one Nazis, uh, yeah, yeah, two yeah. Salt Bay. Two Salt Bay. <laughs> the fact that he became famous, the fact that he has a oh, restaurant wait, wait. that people hold, go to. Hold up, like three years ago, those Salt Bay videos were fucking cool, and they were they were cool videos. Yeah. I see thousands of cool videos on the internet every day, and those videos are not you know we're not any cooler. It's not like he started a movement or anything like that. No. He just gained. Vi- I mean, and good on him for fucking cashing in because that's exactly mm-hmm. what he did. But he opened two. I mean, I haven't eaten at them, but from everything that I've read, really uh, shitty. I mean, restaurants. I'm never gonna go eat at Nurset. No, no, I have no desire to go and plunk that kind of money down mm. for a steak so that someone could, you know, artistically sprinkle salt yeah, on it. Especially like, when Cote exists. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Cote or coat? I was I was called a coat. I don't know. All right. What? What? You knew what I was talking about. I did. Yes. Um, but no, I, I think that that's like a symbol of just the internet gone wrong. And there are many symbols of the, inter- I mean, our country right now is a symbol of the internet gone wrong, but Salt Bay is a close second, uh, third behind neo-Nazis and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Middling podcast compares Salt Bay to neo-Nazi. Yeah, like, yeah so bad. They call this middling, Tom. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh man. All right. So. Anyway, is that it for you? <laughs> yeah, so no, it's just, it's a very not good restaurant. Well, um, is, it, is it a burger restaurant? Yeah, she called him the opposite of Guy Fieri because it is no flavor town. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I love A it. plus. <laughs> oh, man. And so their burger, I mean, I've only seen photos because it's a, all of his stuff is made for Instagram and made for it, yeah, virality. Yeah, so she talked about that you know? to all the buns. Are, so the veggie burger, when it first came out, said free for ladies. And now they're like, oh, we can't do that. So it says free for everyone. And the bun is pink. And then like a, the salt burger, the bun is black. And like, it's terrible. Oh, man, it's so bad. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I will not eat there. Um, And that's it. Oh, I see you have a visitor. Hi. My dog is coming up and licking his face. I don't know. All of a sudden she heard talk about salt day. And came over. Um, all right, I have I have something that I think is it's a news item just because I read it, um, on, you know, recently this week, and I thought it was really interesting. That's what I do with Twitter. I'll just be like, "Oh, did you see the news?" And then just like <laughs> tell someone a tweet that I saw. I don't know if this is news or not, but this is a really good in depth sort of um, article uh, on the counter, thecounter.org. Um, written by Karen Stabener or Stabener, I don't know. Again, I apologize uh, if I'm pronouncing mispronouncing your name. But basically, the title is "The American Restaurant Is on Life Support," and I wanted to talk about this as sort of a news article, but also feeding into you know what you talked about. Yeah, totally. So it's 
basically, you know, the, the lead is we're eating at street corner stalls and food trucks in front of the TV and at the grocery store everywhere but in restaurants. And restaurants might not be here when we get back. Um, and it goes on to talk about just the different quick service restaurants. It goes to talk about. So we, we've talked about quick service restaurants a lot. Yeah. Um, I think that they're the future and a half. They already show that they're the future and a half. Um, things are, life's really expensive. And a lot of just a lot of sit down restaurants aren't good. Well, like, like, like truly there are in, in New York City. I most places I go to like I'm I'm disappointed at. Right. Right. I, we go to the sushi spot that I'm going to tonight in my neighborhood. We don't go there because because it's good. We go there because it's well priced and they give us hot sake for free. And you sit down though? Yeah, it's a, it's, no, it's a, it's a, but it's, it's a, a small little sit but down. But no, but what I'm saying though is like we don't go to this place because it's a good restaurant. We go there because it's like very affordable and they get us drunk for free. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think that those places are, um, you know, those places are neighborhood favorites and they'll exist. But I don't think that I think that this article talks more about um, this. I don't know. There, there's a whole bunch of things, a whole bunch of factors. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things well, I that they read say. It, so I don't, I don't want to like cut you off. No, right no, now. no. Just give you... I mean, it's basically like a perfect storm of variables, many of which have little to do with food. Um, and I'm quoting here: has already changed the restaurant culture, and the coming decade may make the current disarray look like nothing. So, I mean, we've already got, you, you've already got Seamless and Postmates and whatever. You know, most of these companies. Um, you know, Applebee's. Applebee's is a perfect example that's mentioned in this article. Mm-hmm. Applebee's is expanding. Applebee's is always packed, or not always packed. Applebee's are popping up. Like more Applebee's they are do popping the, up. The roadside thing. They right? do catering, and they do you know the the Postmates pickup stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like that's that's their business model. I like outside of like pizza and Chinese food, I or like the occasional Thai or whatever. I really hate having food delivered. I know. I, you are the exception. I don't get it. I don't get why anyone would rather eat in front of their TV than, like, go to a restaurant and, like, have people bring you food and, like, enjoy the time with some. You, you're going to be at home all the time. I So I agree. I just but, – And I think that like I am – But I am – I agree, but I also I'm, order in twice a week but at least I'm not because I have against kids. It. Yeah, no, no. I get that. I'm no. not even against it. I'm just – more perplexed. I'm talking about like young single people. Like I'm talking about like my. Well, okay. So this is what I'm saying though is like I have this excuse, but I think everybody has their excuse. Everybody's got their like, oh my god, I worked 12 hours today. I don't want to go to a restaurant. I just want to plop down in front of my TV and mm-hmm. order something really good. Like, I I mean, it's just never as good too when it gets delivered. I think, I I don't know. I think that also we're looking at this through a New York City lens where you can pretty much you always have always have been able to have anything delivered. Like I was I, yeah. I lived in the East Village. I had Crift Dogs delivered to my apartment at two o'clock in the morning when I came home drunk. Like that was that was awesome. And I could have anything delivered. But now the rest of the country is doing that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's that's more where this article is hitting, I think. Where, you know, more people are able to have access to more things. Yeah. And then, you know, then there's the quick service restaurants as well, which we've talked about quite a bit. Like quick service restaurants are eating into the fine dining. Of course, uh, I don't know about not fine, fine dining, dining no. but but the but casual the sit dining, down yeah. casual dining mm-hmm. experience, you know, and quick service restaurants are I mean, they're they're the only sort of 
they're the only sort of uh, category of restaurants that are growing right yeah, now. Yeah, which makes sense. But like, oh, you, so because I'm getting into finance, I'm listening to a lot of finance things. <laughs> TJ Maxx is worth more than Goldman Sachs. TJ Maxx? TJ Maxx. Okay. Because, what does that have to do with this? Because the the target that the where they target is like that uh splurge like that little like it's not that expensive it's a tiny splurge for me and like i'm gonna buy a polo shirt for 15 bucks that's like really nice so those quick service restaurants fill the same niche of like i don't really want to go out to eat i don't want to spend a lot of money but if i'm going to spend a little bit of money i'm going to get something very good and healthy and delicious wow what I'm just looking. Uh, I'm just looking up your TJ Maxx and Goldman Sachs. Yeah. No, I'm just looking up your. Um, uh, look, just looking up. They're worth eighty three point two six billion dollars. Yeah. TJ Maxx companies. Uh-huh. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Um, but anyway, so you're saying TJ Maxx is the quick service restaurant of? I, I'm saying it's the same. When I learned about that and why, and then they explained why, I was like, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense for quick service restaurants. Yeah. Well, I think one of the one of the article or one of the quotes that sort of jumped out at me was by a restaurateur. Um, that says there's no protection for a well-intentioned restaurant anymore. There's no middle ground. You're either wildly successful or you're closed. Um, and restaurants are closing quicker than mm-hmm. they used to. I mean, I remember 20, 30 years ago, it was like, oh, most restaurants fail within a year. Now it's like months. Mm-hmm. That, you know, Restaurants open you, up, they spend all their money, and then they're gone if they're not you, wildly successful. You need successful like a million right dollars in the bank. You need a million dollars of You protection. need a runway, yeah. And like I said, you need millionaires to finance restaurants. I, uh, and I don't know if you're a millionaire why you would. Yeah. Oh my God. It's well for it's a vanity project. If mm-hmm. you're a, you know if you've got it, a ton of money, it's a vanity project. Mm-hmm. Like, like unless you're it. a millionaire that made their millions from restaurants, then I get why you <laughs> continue to do it. But, but I, I guess this article is also like one of the things that I'm taking from it is that you can't make your money as a millionaire as a restaurateur. You can't open up a small or no. You can't. It, it's very rare for someone to be able to open up a small restaurant. And then grow that into an empire anymore. Who who's done it? Who has done it in two thousand in two thousand ten? Two thousand ten in the two thousand tens in the Who, in David ten Chang? years. When no. did Momofuku open? No, I mean I was I was going to Momofuku Co. in you know two thousand five, two thousand six, yeah. or two thousand six. Okay. So that yeah. was my one guess. Yeah, no, it's who, not. Who did it in the last decade? I mean. Uh, Danny Meyer did it. No, in the, no, he no. Did I know in the in the two thousands or the ninety, yeah, ninety two thousands. I mean, I don't know, I don't know, um, but yeah, it's it's interesting and it's just an interesting place to be now. Like, if you're listening to this and you can tell me someone that did it in the last ten years, please do. I I'm not I'm definitely not the be all end all of uh, restaurant groups or anything like that. But if you can tell me someone that opened their first restaurant around like the early uh, late 2000s i'll give it like 2008 to 2020 in the last 12 years who went from one restaurant to like three four five commercially successful restaurants and like have made a serious name for themselves let me know yeah i mean i don't know it's uh, one of the things that in any not in new york in anywhere right anywhere right, right. it's one of the things that's really interesting about this is that um they say the there's a lot of Roy, stats. Roy Troy? Roy Troy, no. No, he was pre-2010. Um, but they, they say that there's a lot of stats about restaurant workers, but there's no there's no common language. So restaurant workers are considered people, whether they're working at um, like Chipotle or Fine Dining. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, so it's like 
oh, restaurant, the restaurant industry says that, you know, hey, we're on the we're on the rise. You know, restaurant employees are on the rise. But everybody, all restaurateurs, individually owned restaurants are like, no, that's my thing with like the fifteen dollar an hour raise for tipped employees, Uh how they're like, then everyone will just go to non tipping. Everyone's going to go to non tipping eventually. In in 20 years from now, all restaurants are going to be non tipping restaurants. Um, So it's just like. In New York, I don't need to make uh, $15 an hour as a flat rate. I would take a massive pay cut. That's minimum wage now in New York City. Right. But people in like Oklahoma that make $2.13 an hour and after tips, they probably make $11 an hour making a ton of money for $15 an hour flat. So, I mean, how does this tie into this? Do you think that that is a... I mean that that it's making it harder. Like, well, for I, was, I was just saying like there's no when you're talking about like there's no common ground between restaurant employees, real like truly because it's so different all over the country too. Yeah, I don't know. Well, one of the real things, one of the real interesting things is um, in this article is that people still keep opening restaurants on the assumption that bad news always only happens to somebody else. Which in my mind, I'm like. Well, I have the I, like because I have this idea for a restaurant. I have a space around the corner from my apartment that, if rent was right, I would see if I could raise the capital and do it. I have a space in this neighborhood if rent was right and if it was built out properly that I would absolutely do it. And it's not a restaurant. It's I have a very very specific idea and I'm not going to give it away. But it it's something that it's a, it's a strip club where they <laughs> yes, play the chicken and waffles and <laughs> serve chicken and waffles. <laughs> no, I mean I have I have ideas, but then I start crunching numbers and think about where I am in my life and like how much time I would have to commit to this. And I think to myself, you know what, as long as I'm okay taking a massive pay cut and being insanely okay with the risk that I'm taking, that's the only way that I would be okay with opening Mm -hmm. a restaurant. Like you have to go into it thinking, you know, not thinking that it's going to fail, but knowing that you have to put your blood, sweat and tears into this, no, for, it's, your, it's for literally years. like you're you'll now if you opened up a restaurant, you're entering into a second marriage. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You're just you're married to it. Of course. Of course. When, I mean, when I listened to um, it was like last, oh, it was actually last year. Uh, Will Gadara did Brian Koppelman's podcast. Yeah. 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 It was and good like one. Will Gadara. Well, talk, talk about who those people Bra- are. Right, so Brian Koppelman, uh, he wrote Rounders and uh, now he's the showrunner for Billions and he's one of my favorite people on Twitter. And his his podcast is called The Moment, and yeah. it's one of my, like, must-listen. So shout-out to Brian Koppelman in The Moment. He's also just, like, a cool dude on Twitter. He, like, will almost always reply back to you. And he's very – he's a New York guy, loves the Knicks, loves restaurants. Um, just a good dude. So he had Will Gadara on, who is uh, the – I don't – at the time, he was the partner at uh, 11 Madison Park. I think they, like, split up. I'm not totally Yeah, sure. I think so, too. Yeah. Some stuff's happening. But anyway, Will Gadara is like uh, one of like the greatest restaurants. Oh, he might be my – He's a hospitality he, guy. Yeah, he might be the guy from like the late 2000s to have a couple of places now. Oh, maybe. Yeah, he might be the one. Um, And they were just talking about restaurants. And Will Gadara's dad was a restaurant general manager, and he grew up in it, and he loves it. There's nothing Will Gadara wants to do more than just like work in restaurants. Right. That's not any. I've never met somebody like that. <laughs> I feel e- like ever. I've never met a person. Like it's that. a. Um, it's a very specific type of person, and it's. Uh, you know, my friend. There Alex. are industries like that. There are industries like that where you find someone. And you're like, well, this is the industry that I have to be in. 
and you know everybody else looks at them like they're crazy um but this is the industry that they have to be in my my friend alex cooper from college i sent him the article he said that was a really good read i'm married to the game yeah <laughs> i was like that's awesome like, i mean he's also married to christina tosi so <laughs> <laughs> um but not not my friend alex we'll get that no, no 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 will <laughs> uh, anyway so so what's your like Sum it all up on the restaurant industry. What do you think is... Uh, I hate that I love it. You hate that you love it. I hate it. that I love it, and I know... It's also like I'm turning 28 in a couple of days, and I just need to be more of an adult. And I can't... And so I'm just trying to do more adult things. Okay. And and being an adult is... Uh, Selling my soul and working in clients. <laughs> I was just going to say, because that's, you know... What do they say? If you got... Uh, oh, what is that quote? If you don't sell out by the time you're... 30. Or, if no, if you sell out, I forget it. Yeah, when you sell out before you're thirty, you got no heart. If you don't sell out after thirty, you got no brain. <laughs> but I, I feel like for me, it's longer because like I started doing this when I was sixteen. So like yeah. I, 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 it's that kind of perfect. Like, yeah, I got two years before eighteen, and then I'm getting out two years before thirty. So yeah, I mean, it's I, I don't know. I think that the restaurant industry is going to go through. Um, I don't know whether to call it a, you know, a paradigm shift or what, but it's there's it's just going to be completely different. When I interviewed at my finance gig, mm-hmm. uh, my my now boss was like, if you could have any job in the world, what would it be? I was like, well, ideally, my podcast would make me enough money where I would have to do nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's like, ideally, I can make six figures doing my podcast and I'd be very happy. You don't make six figures? <laughs> I make six figures. I leverage this podcast. <laughs> People pay me to <laughs> recommend yeah. restaurant now. All, all hundred of our listeners pay yes. me a thousand dollars a year. <laughs> we gotta send up a GoFundMe <laughs> for, for our oh, podcast. Uh, all right, cool. Well, let's take a break and uh, we'll come back and talk about cocktails. Yeah, sound good? Perfect. All right, this is not a foodie show. I am at Teamy Alley. Mike, who are you? At Mike Maranti on Instagram, Twitter. Instagram, Twitter. At Not A Foodie Show on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll be back after the beep. Beep. (laughs) That's Mike's beep. (laughs) We're we're back. And we're back after the beep. (laughs) I could put an audio like chirp in there, but I'd rather have you just do I should just do all this. uh, You just do (laughs) beep. Can I get an audio (laughs) producer credit? (laughs) You can get voice talent. Audio engineer. Voice talent. (laughs) Uh, Foley Mixer And we're back with the Not A Foodie Show <laughs> I'm Timmy Alley At Timmy Alley And that's Mike Moranti uh, I'm Tom And Mike, this is the best part of the show Because we talk about cocktails And, oh, don't cough on the mic, coronavirus Yeah <laughs> um, So uh, I'm doing this crazy thing Where I'm not drinking that much Okay, that's not crazy It's crazy um, So I'm really limiting myself to like one drink with dinner and not like two or three times a week. That's it. I have. Uh, so I don't drink usually during the week. Maybe I'll have once or twice if, if unless I'm going out. Right. But on Friday nights and Saturday nights, I'll have a cocktail uh, and some wine with dinner. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of my yeah. drinking these days. I can't uh, I can't drink like I used to. <laughs> I, I had my friends over for dinner and between the three of them, they brought four bottles of wine and I had one glass of Prosecco. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll drink more than that. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, 
my whole thing is um you know drink as much as you want but get your ass out of bed the next morning to get to the gym like that's yeah, that's no, it it's not easy um all right so what uh you have a cocktail yeah, for this week gold rush gold rush i was talking about them last night so i'm figure i'll do it today it's essentially if you, if someone told you to make a margarita with whiskey what uh, you would do so, so it's lime take, no no okay. it's all it's all like the idea of a margarita but all chain fine-tuned for whiskey instead okay so it's bourbon mm-hmm. then instead of agave it's a honey syrup which is just instead of sugar honey it's and honey water, water. Uh-huh. and then instead of lime it's lemon oh I um you've probably had one. I've it's definitely a very had famous drink. Yeah, right? I've definitely had them before. I'm I gotta say I'm not a big fan of like sweetening up my bourbon. Mm-hmm. Like I, I it's you already know. sweet. Yeah, but the, it's the already lemon sweet. cuts through it, and the water also like waters down the honey. So. Yeah, ah, yeah. It's uh, I I don't know. I'm me. I you know what I would do? I would do it with rye. With rye, yeah. I think rye would be good. Like a good peppery rye. Um, otherwise, I think it's too sweet. Yeah. Too much. Um, all right. Angels Envy Rye would be yeah, 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 something like that. Or I even use so old over old mm-hmm. Overholt is my like go to mixing yeah. rye, and that's I like that rye because it's got a nice peppery you know flavor to it. Um, all right, cool. Well, mine my cocktail is uh, pretty much the opposite because it's bitter, um, and I don't have a name for it. Oh, look at Tommy so, Bartender. I think I have. I, I mean, I'm going to come up with a lame-ass name for it. Um, I'm going to call it the Fizzy Artichoke. <laughs> it has Chinar? It's Chinar um, and Seltzer uh, over rocks with a twist of lemon, and that's it. That's just a Chinar and soda. Yes, <laughs> with a twist of lemon. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will tell you that if you give it a fun name... If you give it a fun name and uh, and I, I, play it up, ha, have it I is told you? Phenomenal! It is the it is the best. Like you can crush five of these before dinner. <laughs> have I have I told you? I don't believe mixed drinks or cocktails. I'm a very like firm believer. No. If, what do you mean? If you order a drink uh-huh. where the ingredients are in the name, like a Jack and Coke, a yeah. rum and Coke, okay, a vodka seltzer, a vodka cranberry, a vodka Red Bull. Those aren't cocktails. Those are mixed drinks. Okay. Yeah. You got a mixed drink. I've got... Yeah, but there's three ingredients. No, a, a lime is a garnish. It's a lemon. A, a, and a it's, garnish. It's a, it's, a le, it's a squeeze of lemon. A and, garnish. And Correct. You pop, pop it right in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, what if it's got like artisanal ice cubes or something? Can <laughs> I... It's it's a fizzy artichoke. I'm calling it a fizzy artichoke. Okay. A screwdriver is vodka orange juice. Yes, a screwdriver is a mixed drink. It's not a cocktail. Oh, this is this is okay. So this is a mixed drink. This is what I'm drinking. It's not a cocktail. I'm drinking a mixed drink. It's a mixed drink that I decided that, that I was gonna that I was gonna make. Um, and I'm experimenting with it. I'm thinking about adding other amari to it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But you know, fizzy artichoke. Or I don't even know. <laughs> Can you think of a better name? Or are you just going to call is it a Chinar and Is that what a Chinarino is? I have no idea. Is there a, a, such a drink called a Chinarino? Yeah. Chinarino means like a little little Chinar. Chinarino cocktail. That, when, when I was um, in Atlanta, we went to the World of Coke. And I had, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I had a uh, Beverly, which is an Italian soda, which is like a Chinotto, but it's like a lame ass version of a Chinotto. Like it really does not taste good. Like Chinotto oh. tastes good. Um, anyway, Chinarino, what is that? I think so. I'm getting a shot recipe for it. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. No, it's no such thing. 
All right, I'm just calling it a fizzy artichoke. <laughs> Chinarino, uh, Chinar soda lemon. Yeah, Chinarino. <laughs> yeah. All right, I made it up. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that's the Not A Hootie Show <laughs> for this week. Um, Mike, anything to plug? My birthday. <laughs> Mike's birthday, my birthday next week. My, my actual uh, birthday is March 11th. Yeah. My party's March 14th. <laughs> so everybody show up at Mike's party. I hey, if you DM us, we will absolutely send you an invite to no, Mike's party. No, I have a 30-person reservation. What so, do you mean? Yeah, what? DM us, and you will get an invite to his party. <laughs> Okay, it's not free. <laughs> no, but you get an invite. You sure. gotta pay. But wait, wait, I have to pay for your party. <laughs> that changes my, my RSVP. My friend asked me uh, if I what I wanted for my birthday. I was like, nothing. Like, you're yeah, just co- come to my yeah, party. Just, come, I want you yeah. to come here. I know. Let's. What are you twelve? What do you want for your birthday? <laughs> just, just come to my party. I want, you'll just yeah. Yeah, that's it. All right. This is also well. It's the first time I'm celebrating my birthday in America. In, ever? No. In, yes, Tom. Ever. <laughs> in ever? three years. <laughs> okay. I did my 25th in America, 26th in Thailand, 27th in Costa Rica, and now 28th back in America. Okay. All right. It's a big it's, deal. It's an international. It's Mike's coming home party. It's going to be the first time you're coming to my birthday. I'm going to try. Yeah. Good. I'm going to try my hardest. All right. So that's that's the plug for Mike's birthday. <laughs> DM not a foodie show, and I will absolutely send you an invite to Mike's party. Um, I got nothing to plug because, you know, I got nothing going on. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening to the Foodie Show. Subscribe and all that jazz. And uh, I'll see you. See ya.